Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message from our special guest. I really feel his presence here. Can we glorify him? Just give him the, the biggest clap. Just praise a shout. <clears throat> yes. I mean, it is for his presence we are here. Amen. I mean, if it isn't for his presence, I will just give you my sermon notes and you can just go home. But I know that he is here. As I was worshiping this morning, I really feel that where you are right now, this congregation, this, this church, you will see many greater things that God will do in this place. And when I say this place, I'm talking about your life. Amen. I'm talking about where you are, where you're at, at your situation, that through your life, you will be great testimony, not just in Bali. I believe that God has gathered all of us from all over the world in this place for a great purpose. So for all of us to experience His goodness and from your life, you will tell many about our living God. He is the God that walks on water. He is the God that is above everything that we are facing and we will be facing, and yet He will be faithful and He will fulfill His promise and plans in your life. Amen. Can we give him a praise today, one more time? Every time I share a word of God, it's always something that God has enabled me to digest. Not just digest in terms of material, but it's always born out of experience, out of struggle with God. And I believe that everything that I've shared with you today is also not something that just for the sake of preaching, but it's, it's something that... I experience with God and I'm still experiencing with God that and I know that he is that good to me that I can't wait to share this with you amen how many believe that we are in relationship with a good God amen how many of you wants to experience his goodness how many wants to experience his goodness in my experience with God his goodness there is a side of me that wants them, uh, there's a side of me that wants them to be forever a baby, uh, you know, because babies are cute. Toddlers are extra cute. Um, but there's a side of me that knows that they are meant for being more than a baby. And as a good father, a good father will always find a way, every opportunity to challenge the child that you love because you know you see something awesome in that child. You see a potential that you've seen in your life, in their life, and you want them to be the best at where they are. And that's the way it is with our Father in heaven because He is not a Father that exists to spoil us. Many of us likes to be Christian because we expect God to spoil us. When we are sick, He heals us. When we're down, He lifts us up. When we have no way, He will open the door. But God is, does not exist to spoil us. God exists because, uh, to, for us because He has a great plan for the one He loves and He sees everything in us because we are created in His image. And He has the God-level expectation in our life. And for that purpose, He will not spoil us, but He will make sure every plan that He has for our life will be fulfilled. Every promise that He has in our life will be answered. Amen? And for that, He will lead us to places in many ways that we don't like. 
this is, this is where there is a disconnect between our relationship, our expectation of God, of being spoiled by God, and our, and our real experience in reality when we face daily challenge, daily obstacles, daily pressures, and we are wondering, if you're a good God, why am I experiencing this? And yet, we, if we understand the heart of a father, then we will know that through all these things, he is actually leading us from glory to glory. Amen? And this is what I'm going to share with you through the experience of this young person. His name is David. Let's open 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. And we're going to read from verse 4 to 9. Verse 4, I'm going to start. Um, a champion. I'm reading from NIV. Um, I think you're showing, what is this? Um, King James? Okay, I'm going to read from my NIV, but that's okay. You can follow. It's about the same. Um, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear, verse 7, his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. And when I imagine Goliath, I'm imagining in current terms probably Thanos, if you're into <laughs> Avengers. End games is coming. And this is sort of like an end game. Um, and here it is. A mighty Thanos standing before Israel. And verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. This is a grave situation for Israel. If I can take you to the location where all these things happen, it happened in a valley called Elah, E-L-A-H. And this is the actual photo of the Valley of Elah in um, Israel, Palestine. And on one side, on the left side, Israel army, on the hill on the left side, on the hill on the right side is Palestinian army. And both sides know in the art of warfare, anyone who is sitting on top of a hill has the advance, um, advantage. And anyone who comes down from the hill, attacked from downhill up, will be at disadvantage. That's why both sides does not want to make the first move. Because anyone who makes the first move will be the victim, will be defeated. Um, in history book, if you study the Battle of Iwo Jima uh, for the U.S. Uh, Naval Forces Second World War, it's about the same as they have to storm up the beach. Anyway, so the situation was a stalemate. And that is when Goliath came up and challenged Israel to send a hero to break the stalemate. And that is the kind of situation that I believe God will put us in our life. Because He is a good God. But if you want to have victory in your life, you have to face your Goliath. Amen? Who wants to have victory in your life? Victory does not come without battle. The greater the victory is, the greater the battle is. But the point of the whole thing is not the battle. But the point is you will experience 
the victory that God will give you that will make you and shape you according to His purpose in you. Amen? And that is, that, that is the kind of things that we as Christians should really expect to experience in our life. We are not created to be um, anyone who is just like, Bali is such an entertainment, relaxation-oriented island for tourism. We come here to experience the Bali's best spa or Bali's best villa. Uh, a lot of you, I guess, working in entertainment and uh, hospitality, tourism industry, you know about all those things. But then yet, real life happens. And that's exactly where God wants to shape us. Amen? And that's what David was, was experiencing. Just like David, God has also equipped us to win our battle. And today I want to share, you, uh, share with you simple uh, principles of the things that God equipped us with so we can win our battles, so we can, experience him, uh, we can experience Him. Because that day, David did not only just fight to defeat Goliath or to defend Israel, but that day, everything David did was part of God's plan to position him into God's plan. Whether you realize or not, whatever happened that day, whatever David decided that day, it actually makes um, the difference in the future because we will know Jesus Christ as the son of David. He will come from the royal line of the king of Judah. And we know at this point of time, David was just a young man, not even a king. But the, the decision that he made that day, the Goliath that he had to face that day, is the one... That's a great part of God's plan that positions David in the future to be a part of God's great plan for salvation. It's there, amen, in this place? And the same thing will, uh, will happen in our life. God will also do the same thing. So what happened was David took five stones. And just like David, when he took five stones, as I understand what God is saying through David's experience, I'd like to share with you five stones that God wants to equip you with so you can defeat your Goliath in your life. Are you excited? Are you, are you interested to learn? If you are, come on, give him a clap then. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous, I must say, because you know, I haven't preached in English for, I don't know, since the last time I came here. My ministry is in Indonesia. I speak most of the time in Bahasa. Um, so anyway, take out your pen if you want, because I believe that God's word is not something that you just hear to make you feel good. God's Word will only be powerful when you apply it, when you use it in your life. So please, if somebody gives you a stone to hit someone, especially if that someone is your enemy, by all means, take that stone and throw it to your enemies. Don't just know the stone, but use the stone. So please take notes if you can. Um, take photo of, uh, of everything that I will share if you can. On this screen, it will be zoomed in. The first stone, just as David took five stones, I will share with you five things that um, God has given you, uh, supplied to your life through Him in order for you to have victory. And these five things are also the things that God wants you to invest in your spiritual experience with God. The first one is God wants you to have stone number one is faith. Can you say together? Faith? Faith. Let's look at uh, verse 26. In verse 26, um, the Bible tells us that David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Palestine um, and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
that he should defy the armies of living God. Something very interesting um, that I observed from David's attitude, um, he does not look at Goliath in terms of how menacing or how scary Goliath is. Because David's, purpose, uh, David's perspective towards Goliath is through the perspective of him knowing the God that he serves. And he has faith. He knows that the God that he serves is greater than any Goliath. Amen? And because of that faith, he is able to see that Goliath is not someone that will have the day. Because he knows at the end of the day, God will always have the victory. Amen? And that's what Goliath is. Sometimes all of us are focusing too much on Goliath. And Goliath exists for a purpose. Goliath exists for this purpose, to bring fear into our lives. So this F here is faith. But then there are always two sides that have two purposes in our life. The purpose of the devil for our life is to take away, to take away God's plan and God's blessing and God's design for us. And at the end of the day, the devil wants to take all of us just to make sure we are defeated. We lost everything. Total loss of everything. That's the devil's goal. And he will stop at no end in order to achieve that. You will see that. But then on the other hand, God will stop at no end to equip us, to be with us, so we get the victory. So the first one is actually faith. And because of faith, David can see that the enemy is not Goliath. And even if there's an enemy, it's not the, 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 the power or the size of the enemy, but it's about how big God is. It's about how big his faith in God is. Amen? And, 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 and when we talk about faith, you may wonder, how do I get that faith? And as we know in the Bible, it says that faith comes from hearing and hearing of the Word of God. If you study the word here, here has a deeper meaning than just listening audibly because hearing involves understanding and knowing, but there is something deeper that God wants us to understand about hearing. It's not just knowing and understanding, but applying. Everybody say applying. That means you not just know, but you will use it. Amen? If you want to drive a car, you don't just go to take a, take a driving lesson or you play the game, a driving simulation, and you say, I know how to drive. You need to practice what you've learned. And that's, that's when faith becomes power. Faith without action, the Bible says, faith, faith without work is dead, for those of you who knows the Bible. So God wants us to have faith, and a part of having faith is actually making a move, going out of our comfort zone. And one thing I want to tell you is that if there's anything God wants you to realize, His plan for you is not now. Because God is always a progressive God. He is infinite, and He is beyond time, and yet His plan is perfect, and we are moving in time towards the perfection of His plan in our life. In order for us to move into that, we must move along with God. God never stops. Amen? God never stops. He is a dynamic God. He is a God that leads forward. And in order, to, in order to move forward, we must get out of our comfort zone. 
And this is the biggest problem for us Christians because for many of us, Christianity is about comfort zone. Our relationship with God is like comfort zone. Um, in Indonesia, uh, we have this very bad habit of liking, um, have you heard of this term, guling? For uh, the chuckling one are Indonesians because you know what's guling. Every Indonesian grow up, when you sleep, you have to have a long pillow. Then you hug. It makes you really, really comfortable. Why do you like guling? That long pillow? Because it makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel safe. And when you're sad, you can put your face on it. You know, when I, uh, when I moved to Canada at young age, I had a big struggle. I could not fall asleep. I miss my Indonesian guling. So I always get an extra pillow so I can hug, but the, those pillows are too short. So I have to make sure I get an extra large pillow. <laughs> so many of us treat God like guling. But then God does not, doesn't want us to treat Him like guling. God is the God that proves His glory, proves His faithfulness, proves His promise. Where? In the uncomfortable zone. In the challenge zone. So for us today, the biggest challenge for us is the devil wants to make us afraid of those things. And the, the devil is very happy that we procrastinate. There's, um, there's a great story told by C.S. Lewis. Um, he wrote the book uh, called Screwtape Letter. Um, it's the report of a junior devil to the commander devil, and they're discussing about how to, you know, bring about the downfall of a Christian. And the junior devil is saying, what about, what if we possess him? What if we torment him? What if we torture him? Oh no, what if we give him sickness? You know what, if you give a Christian cancer, they will just believe God more for the healing. So what is the best way, commander devil, for me to bring down a Christian? You know what? Make them lazy. Make them distracted. Make them comfortable. As soon as the Christian becomes comfortable, they will, not, they will not go anywhere. They will just stay in one spot. And that's the beginning of the downfall. And Christian becomes afraid of the unknown, does not, no longer wants to step out in faith, and stop experiencing God. Amen? So finally, it's important for us to exercise our faith because 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, talks about it. It says that our victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Our victory that overcomes the world is our faith. And when I understand that, I actually thank God because at the beginning of a battle, God does not want us to just start a battle as if we start from nothing, but God always sent us into battle with victory already achieved. Amen? When we have faith in God, we already automatically have victory. So when we start a battle, we always start in victory. Amen? Christians, you don't start your battle with defeat. When you have faith in God, you're already starting with victory. Because the purpose of our life is not to get victory. Many of us think as Christians, the purpose of our relationship with God is victory. No. The purpose of our relationship with God is to become who God wants us to be. And ultimately, the purpose of our relationship with God is not victory, but to become like Jesus. Amen? Because He created us to love us. He does not create us just to win. Amen? So Christians, if you feel like you have to win all the time, it's okay if you don't win. Because God is shaping you. At the end of the day, His goal for you is for His pleasure and to experience His pleasure. Amen? 
If you're blessed, give him a clap. So the first one is faith. The second one, the second, are you still with me? Amen? Are you blessed at this point of time? All right. The second point is wisdom. And wisdom will not be possible if you don't have faith. And I can tell you an advice through the Bible from the most successful, most powerful, most celebrated, most respected, wisest man, richest man who has ever lived ever. You know who he is. His name is Solomon. And if there's a takeaway, a life lesson from Solomon about what is the secret of your success, Solomon will tell you, go gain wisdom. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is the fear of God. Proverbs 9.10. And if you read uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10, this is what 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10 says. Uh, when God asked Solomon, what do you want? Um, and Solomon learned this from his father, I believe, because King David, his father, the one who threw the stones, is, the one, uh, is a person who fears God. And he understands that in order for him to please God, you need to start with having faith, that is fearing God, and then God will lead you on. So when God asks him, what do you want? Because you just become king and I can give you anything. This is what he asked for. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead these people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And when I read that, that, the, the, the verse, I, I come to understand that Solomon's emphasis is not about political power. Solomon's emphasis is not about what he can get for himself. Solomon's emphasis is actually, he recognized that everything that he faced is about the good names of the God that he served. Amen? And that is, that, is, that is the source of wisdom. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And God wants to give us wisdom. Why? Because with wisdom, we will be able to see our real enemy. With wisdom, we will see that Goliath is not as deadly or as scary as he seems. With wisdom, God will also give us the strength and the solution that the world cannot give us in order to defeat Goliath. That's why young people, especially young people in this place, I really like to encourage you, before you start anything in life, before you start any venture, before you make important decisions in life, yes, it's very important to make planning, it's very important to discuss with people who are knowledgeable in the things that you'll be doing. But one thing that you really have to come before God in your personal life, in your personal experience, is to seek His wisdom. Amen? Because this is the level that will differentiate you from what other people have. He is the source of that creative solution. He is the source of that creative breakthrough. And it is true. It's through Him and it's through his enablement that God will do it. But what happens if you don't have the wisdom? This is what you will experience. You will experience deception. And this is exactly where the devil will lead you. First of all, if you don't have faith, you'll have fear. And once you're filled with fear, it's very easy to be deceived. It's very easy to see that everything we face it's like shadows of fear. It's like shadows of terror. It's like shadows of depression. It's like shadows of threat. Everything's become 
everything becomes Goliath, basically. But that's where God will give you wisdom because with faith in Him and when you fear Him, there is an ability to see that what you're facing, there is God's glory behind it. There is God's victory behind it. There is also an experience and opportunity for God to use you and experience His goodness in mighty, mighty way. Amen? This place is built with wisdom. This place is built with fear of God. Before this place was built, Pastor Don and uh, Jimmy and the team came to me. We had a meeting in Surabaya and they were sharing about all these great challenges in order to build this place. Actually, that time, they're not even sure where to build the place. And it was, for me, when I hear it, I was like, wow, these guys are in deep trouble. <laughs> and I actually have no answer for them. But yet, I see the faith in them, and I see that they fear God more than they fear Goliath. And if we are here today, sitting in this nice, comfy place, I can almost imagine there's a steeple on top of me, <laughs> because it looks like that. And, and this is a testimony of the power of wisdom, where God actually opens way when there is no way. Amen? Even all the way down to every little materials that God has provided here. Amen? And God wants to do the same in your life. So give him a praise offering one more time. Still with me? Number three is godly relationship. I noticed something very interesting um, with David as he enters into this potential battle situation. Um, and this, I think what he did next in terms of godly relationship is one of the greatest key of his success. Um, when we see chapter, ter, uh, verse 34, we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 34, um, this is what David said. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Uh, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, Rescue the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Oh, he sounds like quite a warrior. Um, your servant has killed both lion and the bear. These uncircumcised Philistines will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of living God. Where is godly relationship in this? When I read this and the Holy Spirit starts revealing to me, there's a lot of parties involved in this um, record of what David said. First of all, if you look at this verse, David is actually talking to a king. He was talking to King Saul. And if you know in, in David's life, King Saul will play a major part in shaping who David is. Eventually, King Saul will become his father-in-law. And eventually, he will sit on the throne of King Saul as part of God's fulfillment in his life. So David knew right there and then at the point when he was still a young boy, a young shepherd boy, that this is an important person in his life. God has a purpose in his relationship with David, uh, with Saul. David also know another person that is important in his life. Uh, in the verse, it says that your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. So he knows that he needs to maintain his relationship with his father. Because God has ordained his father, Jesse, to be a part of God's work in his life. And if you look at the Bible, if you open the, the Gospel of Matthew, you see the lineage of Jesus. 
And you come to appreciate how David understood this instinctively, the importance of godly relationship, because because of his relationship with Jesse, you can see the, the lineage of Jesus all the way from Adam to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, down to Jesse, David, all the way to David's father, Joseph, and unto Christ Jesus. And he is called the son of David because David can call Jesse as known as the son of Jesse. Amen. You need to know the people that God wants, to, wants you to build your faith relationship with. God wants you to surround yourself with people who are godly, who can encourage you, who can move you forward. Amen? There's also people that God doesn't want you to build relationship with, but God knows that you should be beware of these people. You should know these people. These are the people in verse 36 that it says, David knows that he should not make friends with these Philistine people because Philistines are people that does not share the same faith. And Philistines are the people that will bring him down in terms of his faith. And, and it is so true that later on, his son actually broke this law. His son started making friends with and actually marrying a whole bunch of non-believers' um, wives. And at the end of the day, the faith is lost. God's plan is lost. And he, there's also another one, another party that is most important in David's uh, circle of relationship that is his relationship with the living God. And ultimately, that is the one relationship that we should really focus on. Amen? Have that relationship with the living God. And in my experience, everything that we are and everything that we will be, our life and death hinges on that one relationship. And I really want to encourage you to have a real relationship with living God. And the beautiful things about relationship with living God is He is the one who comes for you. He is the one who, who, leave, who, who, who left all the glory of heaven. He is in the glory of glory. He is the name of all, above all names. He has the power above all powers. Everything is in His back and command. When He speaks, everything is just be. And He is willing to leave all that. He described Himself as a shepherd who, leave, who, who, who is willing to leave the 99 sheep in order to go after the one. I don't know who you are today. Uh, I know some of you have been here for a long time, but if there's one of you, one or two of you, who is your first time coming to this place and you're seeking for that friend, that faithful friend who is never stop seeking you, never stop loving you, I, want, I will encourage you to really have this relationship or renew your relationship with Christ today. He is that godly relationship. And why do you need this godly relationship, all these people around you, because of this. If you don't have that, you'll be this, vulnerable. And that is exactly, vulnerable means without protection. That is, that is exactly the state the devil wants you to be. That is exactly where you'll be led like a sheep to the slaughter. God wants you to be separated. So, uh, not God, the devil wants you to be separated so he can deal with you, so he can take away your faith. And that is why exactly the purpose that God is blessing his church. That is why this place is so important. It's not about this building. It's about encouragement. It's about strength. It's about how God can use each one of you 
to become blessings to one another, to encourage each other, not to lose the faith. It's about how God can use your simple prayer to bring His power in other people's life. Amen? How many of you here are actually saved by non-Christian? Receive Jesus through non-Christian? None, I guess. All of us begin our relationship because somebody cared for us, right? Somebody prayed for us. Somebody introduced us to Jesus. That is the kind of godly relationship that God wants us to stay in. And especially for you husbands and wives, you think that once you're married, um, your, your, your romantic relationship or your family success, you really need to understand that you need to represent Jesus in that relationship. Husband, you need to be more like Jesus as a husband to your wife. Wife also be more like Jesus. Not if Jesus has beard, don't have beard. But um, I'm actually I never sure if Jesus ever have beard or not because in technically we never know how Jesus looks like. We're just assuming that in Middle East, long time ago, all guys have beards. <laughs> but God wants us to be more like Jesus. There are three kinds of people. If I can continue a little bit. Oh no, I don't. I'm out of time. So I'm moving on to the fourth one. Oh, okay. One more thing. Why is it absolutely important for us to have this godly relationship? Because of this, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Matthew 18, 19, show it up. I tell you, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Amen? There is power in godly relationship. I think with Pastor Don and Rachel and baby Nina, Two years ago, we were praying together in our previous venue. We were praying for baby Nina. And I believe there's anointing of God. There's power of God when believers come together. And at that point of time, I know there's miracle. I know that Pastor Don has been believing with Carol and praying. But yet, when we come together, there's that added push for breakthrough that happens. That is absolutely important for us to realize. That's why we need godly relationship. Amen? Give him a clap if you have godly relationship in this place. And number four, the stone number four, almost there, is called focus. What is focus? Focus is the ability to direct your attention and your effort on the things that makes most difference, on the things that matter. And David, he had a choice. Because as he was facing Goliath, you know, on one side, Goliath was taunting Israel. And don't forget, earlier in the chapter, David went to visit his brother, and his brother was telling David, hey, um, boy, boy, what you doing here? You should be taking care of those smelly sheep. We're all soldiers here. You're shepherd. What you doing here? You got nothing. You're nothing. You're just a boy. Just go home to dad. Just go home to your dad. You're the runt of the family. And... On one side, there's Goliath. On one side, there's his brothers. On one side, there's a whole bunch of Israeli commando maybe standing there and no one dares to make a move because Goliath is so scary. And he had to make a choice whether he believes or agree with their opinion about the enemy. And on one hand, this makes it even more difficult for David because King Saul himself said it will be very difficult to defeat Goliath. And King Saul also said that how can you fight this person if you don't have the shield, if you don't have the armor? And David has to make a choice at that time to focus on what matters. And David made a choice to focus on what Holy Spirit is speaking in his heart. 
that he does not look at the enemy through the point of view of what the people say, but he decided to look at the enemy through the point of view about what God said about him. Amen. And David knew if God is with him when he defeated the lion and the bear, who is Goliath? Amen? And God make him strength. Make, make him really strong. Make him strong. Give him faith as he make a decision to focus on God. And this is very important for us today. We live in the world of overload of information. I mean, we are constantly checking our social media feed. We are constantly checking on our news. I mean, those news can get you really, really low. I mean, if you're a news junkie like me, the next thing you read after the Bible, or maybe before you read your Bible, is probably CNN or, I don't know, some good source of bad news that we really love, or gossip feed, or BuzzFeed, or whatever feed. You know, you, you open your phone and there's Brexit in trouble, and there's something happening in the States and, and in the Middle East, and then you open an Indonesian page, all the bad news about election is coming and blah, 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 and, and, yeah, and a global warming and we'll be sinking soon. And, 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 and then you open the local economy news, like there's a failure of talk between uh, China and, and there's a breakdown of AFTA, free trade, blah, blah. All these things is getting you down. And you have to make a decision who you listen to. Amen? But if you listen to God, you will have that strength renewed every day. You will know that this is the God that is above all circumstances. While the disciples were crossing the, the lake, there was a big storm. And many of us are like that. We're in that big storm. And they could not recognize God because they don't learn to listen to God. And Jesus came. And he was not in the storm. He was walking on the water right next to the boat that is rocked by storm. And they could not recognize his voice because they never learned to listen to him. And God wants us to learn to listen to him. Amen? And listen to that. And sometimes God doesn't shout. How many of you have ever heard God shout at your ear? Many, many of my most important life decisions comes with peace in my heart when I learn to listen to the still, small voice. Holy Spirit speaks in the gentlest voice. You know it's Holy Spirit because when that voice speaks in your heart, it will bring peace. You will have peace. Your yoga will not bring you peace. No matter what the breathing exercises you're doing, you know, face forward, backward, whatever. When you breathe the Holy Spirit, when you listen to that still small voice, you will know for sure that you have peace to take even the most risky steps because he will be there. Amen? I'll give him a clap. And finally, okay, so what's the negative if you don't focus? Okay, let me uh, turn on my iPad. My iPad is the answer. If you don't focus, you'll be distracted. And distracted is exactly where the devil wants you to be. When you can no longer see your way forward, you can no longer see that God is walking on the water right next to you. The disciples were looking at the wind. They're looking at the storm. Israel were looking at Goliath. They're looking at all the potential defeat. They forgot to see that God is with them. When Israel was about to enter Jericho, all the ten spies were looking at how tall the wall is, how big are the giants in there. They felt like grasshoppers. But they forgot to see that God 
has broken the morale of everyone in the city. Everyone in the city has lost the will to fight because there's godly fear that God put in. Only two people who focus on God, who listens to God, are able to realize that, are able to understand. When, when they tried to move into this place, when the earthquake came, the Lombok earthquake, they had a choice. They want to listen to the news about the earthquake, the problem with the structure or whatever, or they want to listen to God's plan that this church will stand. This church will one day be used by Him mightily. One day we will worship here together. They chose to listen to what God promised them. And God has been faithful. Amen. And God will be faithful in your life. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will give you a way out. He will speak to you personally. Amen? Give Him a clap. And finally, the third stone is our resourcefulness. Resourcefulness. What does resourcefulness mean? I believe that resourcefulness means doing more with whatever you got. Amen? Doing more with whatever you got. That's what happened to David. You know that it doesn't take advanced weaponry with laser-guided missile and X-ray aiming device to beat Goliath. It only takes what? Five little stones that David took, David took from that little streams that cuts across the valley of Elah. And God knows everything that you need. He has given it to you. Amen? You have to realize that everything that you need, God has given you. And God wants us to use that. He is the God that turns water into wine. Amen? Aqua becomes Pinot Noir. That's good business. Five bread from, uh, five fish from Jimbaran. <laughs> five bread from Bali Bakery and two fish from Jimbaran. Feed 5,000 people. He is that God. He is the God that uses little things and accomplish great things. You should know who is on your side. You should understand there is a power that is in us that is greater than the power that is in the world. And the problem with us Christian is that we have this attitude of poor, poor mentality attitude. We will not do it if we feel like we don't have the necessary equipment. I think what we need to accomplish God's will is not equipment. What we need to accomplish God's promise is not ability. What we need is actually obedience and trust that He will use whatever we have and He will be faithful to fulfill His promise. And I want you to believe in that. And that's what happened to David. He doesn't need the advanced weaponry. He doesn't need Saul's sword or armor. He just believed that God will use whatever that is in His hand. And today, God is preparing you. And there are four things that God already put in your life. You should understand that every one of these will not happen without the other. With faith, you will have wisdom. And godly relationship is born out of faith with God and wisdom, fear of God. And then ability to focus can only happen when you have godly relationship in your life that helps you orient you towards God's uh, will, and you also have faith in Him, you also have the ability to discern. And because of all these things, God has given you, God wants you to take it up. 
godly relationship, faith, wisdom, and focus. And this is enough. And this is enough for you to experience God. Amen? And this is, this is the way we glorify God. God can turn water into wine. Let Him turn your water into wine. God can part the Red Sea. By what? Not by giant dam. Just by wind. God is able to speak that into your life. When, you, are, uh, when you, you, you decide to have faith, when you start letting Him, letting His Spirit work in your life, God wants to transform you today into a resourceful Christian. Amen? Let's stand in His presence today.